This episode of the Cellcast podcast was recorded in March of 2020, just as COVID-19 was beginning to take hold. We recorded this and many other episodes just in case that we uh, could had to get we were locked down and could not get together to record. Uh, thankfully, this was this ended up not being the case as we were able to record pretty much every episode from last year, with some exceptions. However, uh, this week Jacob was actually sick, but not with COVID-19. Thankfully, it was, in fact, with just some sinus drainage and was not filling up to recording this week. So we are jumping back and using one of those episodes. So y'all enjoy this uh, review of the Looney Tunes short, I Love to Singa. About the moon and the June and the spring. This show is a part of Pop Americana. For more great shows like this one, please check the link in the episode description. Cartoons, the animated frontier. These are the voyages of the Cellcast podcast. Its continuing mission to explore strange new cartoons, to seek out new animation styles and new creative storytelling methods, to boldly go where so few ever go again. Give me it. Okay. <laughs> All right. This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Cellcast. Shorts. Joining me tonight is a man who likes to sing about the Muna and the Juna and the Springa, Jacob. Why, thank you. I'd like to introduce our co-host, a man who's got a beat to his step. Welcome, Drew. How are you doing today, Jacob? Man, it's good. Uh, with the world how it is right now, with uh, coronavirus or uh, COVID nineteen, uh, things are kind of just be like going about. A lot of people were struggling. You know, uh, some have lost their jobs or been laid off. Uh, but I think what we're doing here with uh, just trying to bring people a little bit of joy and laughter with uh, with our podcast, and I hope that's what we do with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm thankful that. Uh I'm an essential employee, so at yeah, least I still get a paycheck. And I, I, we are still praying for those who, unfortunately, have been laid off yes. due to this. Uh, but remember, this too shall pass. Absolutely. In the meantime, uh, we hope to bring you an, uh, uh, some uh, fun episodes here. What we've been doing is, uh, just in case uh, the quarantine hits and we can't get over to Jacob's and record, uh, we decided to record a bunch of little short episodes so we could still get content out to you every week. And these shorts have all been uh, reviews of classic Looney Tunes and Merry Melodies theatrical shorts from the 40s and 50s. Uh, this one today, this one's episode, something like this. Yeah. Da, something, da, da, like, da, 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 da. something like that. Uh, today's episode might be the oldest one we've done so far. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'm fairly certain it is. Is that I believe this one was done in the 40s. And I think of the two of us, I'm the only one who'd seen it before. Yeah, honestly, I've never seen this before because I be I may have seen it like very briefly, but probably turned the TV off. It's like this looks old and boring. 
I'm fairly certain this is another one of those Looney Tunes cartoons that Papa had recorded for us to watch in the other room while the adults were playing guitars or whatever. Um, and so I, I'm fairly certain that's the primary reason I've seen this one. Right. And I've probably seen it more than most people. Uh, the name of the episode is I Love to Sing It. Mm-hmm. It's in the 40s. I think it technically predates uh, uh, Warner Brothers buying out Merry Melodies. Okay. I think. I mean, Warner Brothers is still uh, listed at the front of the episode, but I think that title card was added later. But Thanks. do not quote me on any of that. Right. Um, it is a Chuck Jones. Because of course. somehow we ended up all Chuck Jones today. Yeah. Um, I don't, and I don't think it's Mel Blanc this time, though. I don't know who's voicing these characters, because no. it did not say. But, um, yeah, it's, this is an interesting one. It is. Uh, the basic premise of the story is uh, this music teacher, Owl, and his wife uh, have some kids. Uh, one is a is a looks sounds like a, a tenor. Yeah. One is a violinist. One is a flautist, and the other is a jazz singer. Yeah. And unfortunately, jazz is not well liked. So they yeah. they're going to teach them how to sing their way, and goes poorly. And uh, in a bout of anger, uh, the kid is forced to leave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just to be nice. Yeah. And uh, goes to perform on Jack Bunny's Amateur Hour on the radio on the radio. And, uh, yeah, uh, that's pretty much the summary of that. I'll, we'll touch on the rest of it after yeah. the, after the, uh, spoiler warning. So, uh, yeah. What did, what did you think? If you can talk about anything spoiler free, um, it's definitely different. It's definitely different. You can definitely tell it's a much, much older production, uh, because it looks nothing like, uh, we would see later on and made, made, you know, uh, the other melody shorts, mm-hmm. uh, but it was still enjoyable. Still enjoyable. There, there was a very nice heart, uh, heart to heart lesson with that. Uh, at the very end of it, we'll get to it later. But yeah, it's 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 enjoyable. It's enjoyable. Um, that's all I'm gonna say about it. It's enjoyable. All right. Well, I think that's going to uh, be. I think we're gonna go ahead and move into the spoiler section now. So, uh, the following is a spoiler filled review for the Looney Tunes short. I love to sing a. That sounds weird. <laughs> Listener discretion is advised. So, this one is stuck in my memory when I was a kid is the primary reason I remember it. Because, like I said, I'd seen it a couple times, a bunch of times growing up. And I think I'm one of the few people who actually did remember this, although it is on this particular Looney Tunes collection so i'm guessing it must have been well remembered yeah by s- some people but it's an odd one to it be, is odd. to be sure certain uh, it has i think it predates most of the known looney tunes characters right it is a one shot by all technical accounts the animation fee is much more uh what do you call that the rubber noodle noodle ant style animation yeah where it's none of the uh they're not really Animating musculature. It's, They're yeah, animating. The, everything's very noodly. Yeah, is the rubbery. best way I know how to put that. Rubbery, rubbery, rubber noodle. Yeah. Um, the the character design I think looks great. Uh, we got for the most part all three, four, five, six characters look the same, but there's enough difference. Yeah. 
where it matters, I should say, because none yeah. of the three kids besides Al Jolson, mm-hmm. Al Jolson, <laughs> uh, really are have anything that separates them outside of their initial appearance with the singer, the violin, and the flute, and you never see those again after that. They're yeah. just his three brothers at that point. Yeah. Um, they are very owl-like, and I love most of the other little animals that are at the. Uh, oh yeah, they're <laughs> that are going through or at the G O N G Gong, yeah, uh, radio station. Uh, especially the one that realizes, yeah, this isn't going to work, so he goes ahead and lets himself out, out instead of waiting for Jack Bunny to uh, hit the bell and drop him down the slide. Right. Um. I guess really what sticks with me is that little thing that I like to sing about the Muna and the Juna. Yeah, the that's what I remember about that's it. That's what I mostly remember. And every once in a while, that will pop in my mind during the day sometimes. It's just a it's a fun... Don't get me wrong. It's not a bad episode. It's just not as great as maybe I remembered. Right. But then I was seeing this alongside so many other great Looney Tunes ones back in the day. This was just... oh. Another random one that happens to not have any characters I recognize. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, for someone who'd probably seen it, like, at the briefest of moments when I was very young, um, and definitely the the jarring difference of the animation style, uh, it's still very well done. Very well done for something that was done, like, in the early 40s or maybe in the 30s, possibly. I think it's 40s, though. Okay. Uh um, will check while we're yeah, talking. Yeah, it's... it's it's very well done, animation very wise. It's very rubbery. It's done by twos, I think. It's done by twos instead of fours. Um, what I pulled away from it, there's a lot of really cute side gags, like how they're at the... Uh, oh, it is actually 1936. Okay. So, I was wrong. Okay, so it's in the 30s. Uh, it definitely makes sense that it was, you know, with the animation saw, it definitely looks like, you know, 1930s American cartoon. And we were slightly wrong with the, uh, who directed it. Yeah. It was not a Chuck Jones. Chuck Jones was just on the animation team. Oh, okay. This is Tex Avery. That makes sense now. Yeah. This is very Tex Avery. Yeah. Okay. Now that totally changed my perspective now on it because it does feel like a, you know, a Tex Avery cartoon and that totally makes sense now. Um. Yeah, this was this was it, it was interesting. A lot of the uh, like the uh, the chicken who's a, a bit too large to go down the chute mm-hmm. and gets bonked and like you hear all the 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 traditional bang boom bow yeah. clash what have you. But it's the it's the the moral of the story which drew me in, mm-hmm. which is you know he's different. He's different than everybody else. That he's he doesn't really fit in with everybody else, and so his his parents are trying to be like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna make him sing the way we want, mm-hmm. like uh, like so many kids are kind of like tried to they're being molded the way their parents want them to be, and uh, and then ultimately it just boils down to uh, him being himself, embracing that ability which he has, and his parents accepting that. And uh, I, 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 thur- I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy that because you have a lot of parents who want their children to be doctors or lawyers mm-hmm. or someone who's rich and famous and powerful, what have you. And a lot of that talent is literally snuffed out because, you know, what the parent wants and they're not really uh, letting that child breathe creativity. And uh, 
you know, obviously some people could probably pull another analogy out of that, but I don't pull that out of my Be like the analogy I pull out is that this child's ability is he has a really nice ability, but his parents see it as be like, this is jazz. You do not sing jazz. You sing what we want. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, they come to accept his ability and embrace his ability with an entire family number at the very end of this. So it's embracing the uh, embracing those abilities. It, it reminds me so much of uh, Adina Menzel when uh, she talking in interviews about Frozen was the fact that she had this amazing singing voice, but she was scared to death of being embarrassed or people making fun of her and eventually coming to a realization, Hey, this is the gift I have and I'm going to use it and to, and I think that the world's, you know, great joy, the why she's done that. And so Mm -hmm. it's, it's not, you know, parents smothering their kid because they want their kid to be this, you know, let them be creative and let them be, you know, express themselves artistically and the because uh, you never know what could come from that yeah and so just be like and i know this is an old like an older style of parent raising but it still exists mm-hmm. it still exists and it's sad when you hear a child that has a great potential and a great ability and they're basically being you know hammered into submission that no you have to be this so just in the artistic sense mm-hmm. uh be the artist you want to be and hopefully your parents the like that the they're allowed to f- flourish in th- in that and that's what i kind of took away from it is the it being able to express yourself artistically the way you want and not how everybody else wants you to do it mm-hmm. that's what i took away from it so um i don't know if you caught there was a weird little joke in there that's kind okay. of in the background okay when um the father is Calling the son names. Yeah. One of them was Schulsinger. Did you catch that? Schulsinger. Right. I'm probably saying it wrong. Yeah. That's actually the producer's last name. That's right. It is. Yeah. I thought that was funny. That yeah. Was a quick I didn't funny catch gag. it, but when you said that, I was like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. That, oh, wow. That's, that's deep. That's yeah. a deep cut. <laughs> Leon Schlossinger. And if I said that wrong, my apologies. But yeah, that that was an interesting little thing. And plus, uh, throughout all of the animated stuff we recorded tonight, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of these little sight gags in the background Mm -hmm. uh, that honestly I I should have talked about, but we didn't. Yeah, but... But um, yeah, it's... This is just a weird episode in many it ways. Is. It's one I like and it's one I remember, but it's also just because I, I just looked through some production notes on that while you were talking. This actually has a lot of different voice actors in it, unlike you know the other ones recorded where there's maybe one or two. Yeah, this one had like every like there's like seven or eight different little voice actors that play different wow. parts. Wow, most of it is in the you know the Jack Bunny mm-hmm. the studio section. But uh, the fact this was just—I'm sure it's just short little stuff that they brought mm. in. I, I say voice actors; they were probably recorded for other things, yeah, and then just used here. Um, but it was still kind of funny. It was still yeah. funny to watch. Agreed, and I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I find it just more for the entertainment value, maybe the lesson learned mm-hmm. in it. 
Um, the animation there again, it is not you know late nineteen thirties, so it, it does have that very much feel, and it has that very much Tex Avery. Oh yes, yes. So yeah, I enjoyed it. I, enjoy- I think this would officially be the oldest thing. That we've reviewed on the show. I think so. And will probably be the oldest thing we review for a long period of time. Yeah. Because this is going to... Whenever we get around to Snow White, which we'll have to do at some point. Oh, yeah. uh, That's after this. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. So, uh, what are you going to rate this one? I'm going to give it a 7.5. I enjoy it. Uh, It's got a really good, deeper message as far as I, I... from my perspective, there's was a really nice special behind it. Uh, the animation is good for, you know, 1930s. Uh, and it's it's a good story. It's good animation for its time. And it's enjoyable. It's enjoyable. That definitely some people should definitely track down and watch. It's, it's really good. So what do you think? Uh, I'm going to give it about a seven. Uh, there is a lot of nostalgia for this one because mm-hmm. I do remember this one coming up. And... Mostly, even though it's mostly around that lo- that that one line um, of I like to, love the singer, yeah, and that's what stuck with me for so long. Uh, it's a good episode. It's a little sparse, mm-hmm. I think, but yeah. not in a bad way. Not like uh, Chowhound was, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, this one has it has a singular plot. It doesn't have many jokes, but it doesn't need jokes. Right. I mean, there are jokes. Don't get me wrong, but there's a lot of that. It's Almost, if I had to mark this down, and I don't know if this is because of uh, the time period Mm -hmm. or how the film has aged or what, but the, uh, or maybe it's just the voice actor for all I know, but the voice of the Papa Owl is a little hard to understand. Yeah, a lot of times. Part of it's his accent. I think part of it's also. Uh, audio recording at the time and some audio degradation mm-hmm. over overtime. I'm not sure entirely, but that's the primary thing I I, I don't like about this one. But it's still in, in a good episode, and yeah, uh, yeah that's why I'm, I'm just giving it a seven because uh, it's good, but it's not great. Yeah. So yeah, that brings us to the end of another episode of the Cellcast Shorts. Uh, we thank you for joining us joining us on this and. Uh, Yeah, we'll catch you hopefully in the next episode. All right. Whatever that is. Thanks, guys. Come, Jacob. We must prepare for next week. Prepare for what, Drew? Same thing we do every week, Jacob. Record a podcast. Oh, boy. So where can they find you, Jacob? You can find me on Facebook at Jacob B. Heron. Also on Facebook at Jacob Daily Art Corner, where I try to draw each and every day. I don't get to it as often as I like, but... Uh, join me there. Also, you can find me on Instagram at Jacob E. Heron, on Twitter at Jacob Heron, and Letterbox at Jacob Heron. So where can they find you, Drew? You can also follow me on Letterbox at GGeorge759, Facebook as Drew Dodgen, uh, my Facebook page where you can see pictures I've taken at Drew's Photo Bin. You can also follow me on Twitter at GGeorge759. You can email us at thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at cast underscore cell. You can follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash the Cellcast Gaming. You can also follow us on YouTube at Cellcast. Listen to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and your favorite podcast directory. 
You can also listen to us on the Movie of the Week podcast with Jim Heron, where we talk about live-action movies. And remember, Cell is a single, single L. L.